Chapter Twenty of Dawn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sunny. Dawn by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Twenty, with chin up. Keith came in April, the day before he was expected. Susan, sweeping off the side porch, was accosted by Mrs. McGuire. It was a first warm spring-like day, and Mrs. McGuire, bareheaded and coatless, had opened the backyard gate and was picking her way across the spongy turf. "'My, but isn't this a great day, Susan?' she called with an ecstatic, indrawn breath. "'I only wish it was nice underfoot.' "'Hain't you got no rubbers on?' Susan's disapproving eyes sought Mrs. McGuire's feet. Mrs. McGuire laughed lightly. "'No, that's the one thing I leave off the first possible minute. Some way I feel as if I was helping along the spring.' Hm. "'Well, I should help along something side spring, I guess, if I did it. Besides, it strikes me rubbers ain't the only thing you're leaving off.' Susan's disapproving eyes had swept now to Mrs. McGuire's unprotected head and shoulders. "'Oh, I'm not cold. I love it. As if this glorious spring sunshine could do anyone any harm, Susan. It's Lieutenant McGuire now. I came over to tell you. My John's been promoted.' "'So you don't say. Ain't that wonderful now?' Susan's broom stopped in midair. "'Not when you know my John.' The proud mother lifted her head a little. "'For bravery and valiant service, Lieutenant McGuire.' "'Oh, Susan, Susan, but I'm the proud woman this morning.' "'Yes, of course, of course. I ain't wondering you be.' Susan drew a long sigh and fell into sweeping again. Mrs. McGuire, looking into Susan's face, came a step nearer. Her own face sobered. "'And me bragging like this, when you folks... I know you're thinking of that poor blind boy, and it's just tomorrow that he comes, isn't it?' Susan nodded dumbly. "'And it's all ended now, and decided he can't ever see, I suppose,' went on Mrs. McGuire. "'I heard him talking down at the store last night. It seems terrible.' "'Yes, it does,' Susan was sweeping vigorously now over and over again in the same place. "'I wonder how he'll take it.' Susan stopped sweeping and turned with a jerk. "'Take it? He's got to take it, ain't he?' she demanded fiercely. He's got to, and things you've got to do, you do, that's all. You'll see. Keith Burton ain't no quitter. He'll take it with his head up and his shoulders braced. I know. You'll see. Don't I remember the look on his blessed face that day he went away and stood on them steps there, calling back his cheery good-bye? But, Susan, there was hope then, and there isn't any now, and you haven't seen him since— you forget that. No, I don't, retorted Susan doggedly. I ain't forgettin' nothin', but you'll see. And he's older. He realizes more. Why, he must be... How old is he, anyway? He'll be nineteen next June. Almost a man. Poor boy, poor boy. And him with all these years of black darkness ahead of him. I tell you, Susan... I never appreciated my eyes as I have since Keith lost his. Seems as though anybody that's got their eyes hadn't ought to complain of anything. 
i was thinking this morning coming over how good it was just to see the blue sky and the sunshine and the little buds breaking through their brown jackets why susan i never realized how good just seeing was till i thought of keith who can't never see again yes well i've got to go now miss mcguire good-bye words manner and tone of voice were discourteous itself but mrs mcguire looking at susan's quivering face brimming eyes and set lips knew it for what it was and did not mistake it for discourtesy but because she knew susan would prefer it so she hurried away with a light yes so by good-bye which gave no sign that she had seen and understood dr stewart came himself with keith to hinsdale and accompanied him to the house it had been the doctor's own suggestion that neither the boy's father nor susan should meet them at the train perhaps the doctor feared for that meeting naturally it would not be an easy one naturally too he did not want to add one straw to keith's already grievous burden so he had written i will come to the house as i am a little uncertain as to the train i can catch from boston do not try to meet me at the station just as if we couldn't see through that subterranean susan had muttered to herself over the dishes that morning i guess he knows what train he's going to take all right he just didn't want us to meet him and make a scenic at the depot i wonder if he thinks i would don't he think i knows anything but after all it was very simple very quiet very ordinary dr stewart rang the bell and susan went to the door and there they stood keith big and strong and handsome susan had forgotten that two years could transform a somewhat awkward boy into so fine and stalwart a youth the doctor pale and with apprehensive uncertainty in his eyes well susan how are you keith's voice was strong and steady and the outstretched hand gripped hers with a clasp that hurt then in some way never quite clear to her susan found herself in the big living-room with keith and the doctor and daniel burton all shaking hands and all talking at once they sat down then and their sentences became less broken less incoherent but they said only ordinary things about the day the weather the journey home john mcguire the war the president's message the entry of the united states into conflict there was nothing whatsoever said about the eyes that could see or eyes that could not see or operations that failed and by and by the doctor got up and said that he must go to be sure the good-byes were a little hurriedly spoken and the voices were a little higher pitched than was usual and when the doctor had gone keith and his father went at once upstairs to the studio and shut the door susan went out to the kitchen and took up her neglected work she made a great clatter of pans and dishes and she sang lustily at her mad song and at several others but every now and then between songs and rattles she would stop and listen intently and twice she climbed halfway up the back stairs and stood poised her breath suspended her anxious eyes on that closed studio door yet supper that night was another very ordinary occurrence with keith and his father talking of the war and susan waiting upon them with a cheerfulness that was almost obtrusive in her own room that night however susan addressed an imaginary keith all in the dark you're fine and splendid and i love you for it keith my boy she choked 
but you don't fool your old susan your chin is up just as i said twould be and you're marching straight ahead but inside your heart is breaking do you think i don't know but we ain't going to let each other know we know keith my boy not much we ain't and i guess if you can march straight ahead with your chin up the rest of us can all right we'll see and susan was singing again the next morning when she did her breakfast dishes then at ten o'clock keith came into the kitchen where's dad susan he isn't in the studio and i've looked in every room in the house i can't find him anywhere keith spoke with the grieved air of one who had been deprived of his just rights susan's countenance changed why keith don't you that is your father didn't he tell you stammered susan tell me what why that he was going to be away no he didn't what do you mean away where how long why uh, working sketching in this storm nonsense susan besides he'd have taken me he always took me susan what's the matter where is dad a note of uncertainty almost fear had crept into the boy's voice you're keeping something from me susan caught her breath and threw a swift look into keith's unseeing eyes then she laughed hysterically and a bit noisily keepin something from you why sure we ain't boy didn't i just tell you he's workin down to mcguire's workin down to mcguire's keith plainly did not yet understand sure and he's got a real good position too susan spoke jauntily enthusiastically but the mcguire's never buy pictures frowned keith or want he stopped short face voice and manner underwent a complete change susan you don't mean that dad is clerking down there behind that grocery counter susan saw and recognized the utter horror and dismay in keith's face and quailed before it but she managed in some way to keep her voice still triumphant sure he is and he gets real good wages too and but keith with a low cry had gone before the noon dinner however he appeared again at the kitchen door his face was very white now susan how long has dad been doing this oh quite a while funny now ain't he never told you no but there seems to be quite a number of things that you people haven't told me susan winced but she still held her ground jauntily oh yes quite a while she nodded cheerfully and he gets but doesn't he paint any more at all interrupted the boy sharply why no no i don't think that he does tossed susan airily and of course if he's found something he likes better susan you don't have to talk like that to me interposed keith quietly i understand of course there are some things that can be seen without eyes oh but honest keith he but once again keith had gone and susan found herself talking to empty air when susan went to the dining-room that evening to wait at dinner she went with fear and trepidation and she looked apprehensively into the faces of the two men sitting opposite each other but in the kitchen a few minutes later she muttered to herself pooh i needn't have worried they've got sense both of em and they know that's what's got to be has got to be that's all and that it don't do no good to fuss i needn't have worried but susan did worry she did not like the look on keith's face she did not like the nervous twitching of his hands 
she did not like the exaggerated cheerfulness of his manner and keith was cheerful he played solitaire with his marked cards and whistled he worked at his raised picture puzzles and sang snatches of merry songs he talked with anybody who came near him talked very fast and laughed a great deal but behind the whistling and the singing and the laughter susan detected a tense strain and nervousness that she did not like and at times when she knew keith thought himself alone there was an expression on his face that disturbed susan not a little but because outwardly it was all cheerfulness susan kept her peace but she also kept her eyes on keith End of chapter twenty recording by sunny